glory hallelujah i said hallelujah it is your season your season is here it is your season to shine the glory of god is not only here on earth the glory of god is not only upon you the glory of god is not only in you you are the glory of god here on earth shine forth hallelujah <laughs> Woo! glory shine forth shine forth in the kingdom of your father shine forth in the kingdom of your father shine forth his glory shine forth his life Woo! hallelujah glory Woo! i'm excited right now i don't know about you but the glory of god is here hallelujah hallelujah oh glory look at that commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us i'll be speaking about the love of god the love of god first i want us to know that god is love the bible tells us that god is love the bible did not say god has love god himself is love without god there's nothing like love there are several people great men great women that have written great books and in their books they try to define love you know um, some people have actually defined love as a feeling some have defined love as an idea as a concept as an emotion um, they've all tried to define love but the truth is none of them have actually been able to define love they all tried but the Bible is the only book that has defined love. Um, as much as they define love themselves, they themselves become a victim of their definitions. Because they get to a point where, because they based their love on their definition of what it is, they, they get to a point where their definitions could not answer the questions of some of the things that they go through in life. You see, God is love. The Bible is the only book 
that has defined love. And that's the shortest definition for love you find anywhere. It says God is love. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a concept. Love is a person. Love is a spirit. And love created everything. The foundation of everything is love. Anything outside love does not exist. God is love. God is love. The devil understands that once a man or a woman understands love as being this, understands God as being love, and understands love as being God, he knows that first, he has lost the battle over that life from the angle of religion. He has lost the battle over that life from the angle of sin. Because an understanding of God, an experience of God as love, frees from the power and the stronghold of sin. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 goes as to tells, tell us, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth understanding, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ. Please, the word know there is not talking about the head knowledge. It's talking about the experiential knowledge. The love of Christ is better experienced than head or than uh, memorized. It's, it's an experience. I mean, it's the love of God. God happens to a man. When God happens to a man, the man now has this experiential knowledge. He has tasted of God. He has the experiential knowledge of Christ. And this knowledge he has passes normal knowledge. You see? He's talking about a no that is not from knowledge. He's talking about a no that is from experience. He said, I mean, reading from Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, he says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So, when you experience God, it fills you. When God happens to you, it does not just happen and leave you. It becomes part of you. It fills us. So, God is love. God did not, at some point, develop love. Amen. Um, building on that, I want to correct the notion that God, at some point, started loving man. Or God, at some point, developed the attribute of love. Uh, God was love even before Jesus physically came to die. How do I know this? Before God created man, God had already made a plan for the salvation, for the redemption, and for the restoration of man. You know, God has already made a, a plan for man, a full package for man. He, he was considering man and he knew the whole face that man would go through. He knew that man would fall. He knew. <laughs> he knew. You see, and that's why we say the knowledge, I mean, the love of God passeth all understanding. He knew that man would fall and he already made the redemptive work, the, the, the salvation, the redemption and the restoration. He already made that plan for man. Eh? Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 says, And all the earth and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamp slain from the foundation of the world. Can you see that? So even before man fell, the sacrifice for his sin was already made, I mean, was already taken care of. Hallelujah. So God did not um, at some point now develop love. He was love from the very foundation. 
Now, I know the question will now arise. Oh, if God was love, why was he raining judgment on people in the Old Testament? Awesome. Um, let me quickly bring this out. First, the law was introduced because God loved man. Really? I know somebody will say, really? <laughs> yes, that's just it. Now, this was the analogy that the Holy Spirit gave me. Let us look at it from this scenario. I am a son and I'm very adventurous. I have a dad that knows what how I think. He understands how I think. Because I'm a product of him. I came out of him. Okay? He already knows how I think. So, he knows that I am planning to go stand in front of a car. I'm very adventurous. I want to know. I want to experience that. Or I want to jump head down on top of a tree. And he knows that this tree I will jump from. Once I do that, I'm going to break my bones. So, he calls me and tells me, Son, don't jump from a tree. Don't ever try it. I said, yes, I have heard. But I still went ahead to go jump. And when I was about to jump, he saw me on the tree. And he brought me down and said, from now on, I will lock you indoors when I will not be around. Or I'm going to make sure that there's an escort that is always around you to monitor your movement. The reason why he told me in the first place not to ever try to jump from a tree was because he loved me. The reason why he took me from on top of that tree and locked me up in the house, as ash as that sounds or as ash as that, as that seems, is because he still loves me. He is trying to protect me. It is still an attribute of love. Okay, now, many of us think that the law actually began at Sinai. No, it did not. The commandments, do not do this, actually began from the Garden of Eden. God told Adam, of all the trees that are in, in the garden, you can freely eat. He said, but of that one which is in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. That is a command. And the reason why he gave it to us was because he loved us. He loved man. He didn't want man to eat of it as at then. He knew what the repercussion would be if they ate of it as at then. So he told them in advance. That is a law. It doesn't have to be written down to become a law. First, I want us to know that it takes a spirit to either create or destroy another spirit. A physical being cannot create or destroy as it concerns the spirit realm. However, the spirit can destroy another spirit or create another spirit in the spirit realm and the result can be seen in the physical realm. So, for a law or for the law, a, the law that is called the law of condemnation, the law of death, for it to be able to kill a man, how? By giving power to sin and sin produces death. That tells you that that law is a spiritual law. Yes, it is represented physically, but it is a spiritual law. And if it is a spiritual law, it tells you that it long existed before that physical representation came to be. So the law did not start at Sinai. The law instead gained physical manifestation at Sinai. The law itself, because of love, the command, don't do this because of love, actually started from the Garden of Eden. So, God telling Adam and Eve not to eat of the fruit of the garden is like my father telling me, don't jump from a tree. Now, the law was given because of the hardness of the heart of man. When my dad told me not to jump from a tree, I still went ahead, stubbornness, to climb that tree, wanting to jump. Because of that, my father now took me, took a next step that seemed more harsh, that seemed more, more, more inconsiderate. It seemed that way. By locking me up in the house, 
That is exactly what the Lord did. The Bible says that we were shut up. Shut up. Unto faith. Away from faith. Okay. It's in Galatians chapter 3 verse 23. It said, but before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto faith. We should be, we should afterwards be revealed. And we see that. So, like my dad locking me up in the house. It seems I don't have the freedom to express who I am. That's how it seemed. But he knows that in expressing this kind of person I am at that age, I am wanting to jump off a tree. I'm going to break my legs or my arms or even my neck or my head. So he locks me up. Not because he hates me. Not because he doesn't want me to be free. Not because um, he wants to punish me. But because of his love for me, his concern for me. The reason why God gave the law in the first place was for the benefit of man. Why? It was a schoolmaster to discipline us, shut us up, so that as at the time when faith, the word of God, I'm sure we know there's a relationship, direct relationship between faith and the word of God. In fact, they are the same. As soon as faith arrives on the scene, we will value it. As soon as Jesus, the word of God, faith comes by hearing the word of God. As soon as Jesus shows up on the scene, we will value him. So, it's not that God now developed love at some point. Even in the law, he was still showing forth his love. Check it out. If you obey the law, it is to your own benefit. No, it doesn't add to God. It doesn't remove from God. It only adds to you as a man. Now, Jesus now came on the scene. He now gave us what we were trying to bring into ourselves by obeying the law. Now, get this right. Obeying the law does not make you righteous. It doesn't. It will benefit you physically, but it does not culminate into anything. It does not accumulate. It does not add anything to your spirit being. That is just the truth. I might not have enough time to digest that and show us that, but that is just the truth. Obeying the law to become righteous is like trying to bleach a pregnant woman so that the baby is going to give birth to we become light complexioned. Can you see how fruitless that will be? I'm sure we see how fruitless, how fruitless that effort will be. The same thing with obeying the law, thinking that is what will make us righteous. Now listen, righteousness is not what you do. Righteousness is who lives in you. Reading the law to become righteous is like reading a script to become the person you are acting. <laughs> you can act that person perfectly, but you are still never that person. You are still not that person. No matter how much you act, how closely costumed and well rehearsed and perfectly acted you are you are still not that person now jesus came and gave us his nature exchanged who he is for us we were condemned and taken to the slaughter he came around and said we are innocent he is the one that did it so he actually exchanged the bible says he became the sin he didn't carry the sin he became the sin of the world so jesus exchanged who we are for who he is and now told us to keep on living his life so the life you right now have is not yours you have been bought with a price and that price is the blood of jesus that's exactly what jesus did he exchanged he didn't change not like he took us and started washing us and now he now says we are sin free we are not sin free we are sinless we never sinned not like we had sin in us and it was washed off so now now we are now announced oh we are now sin free no we were sinless. That is what it means. We have never sinned. We have been justified. Justified. Just if I had. 
justified, free from everything we've ever done. That's what Jesus did. So the life we have now, we live it out. We are not trying to get the nature inside by what we do outside. No, we are trying. What we are doing now is not even trying. We are living, expressing the life we have inside of us outside. So if someone reads the law and sees us living the grace life, he starts wondering, wow, this person is so fine obeying the law so easy. It's not the law we are obeying, it's the nature we are living out. Hallelujah. So God so loved us that he gave us his very nature. He returned to us what we lost in Eden. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's examine this next verse. It says, that is 1 John chapter 2. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now take note of this. That place did not say, If any man love the world, the love for the Father is not in him. No. He says, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now this is very clear. This exactly buttresses what we read first in the very 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 second verse that we read that is Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 which says to know the love of God which passeth knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God this one says the love of the father now the love of God is the only power that can overcome the love of the world <laughs> did you get that now it says if any man love the world the love of it didn't say the love for the love of the father is not in him so it means what is in a man that makes not loving the world possible is the love of the father not the love for the father not your love for god no the love of god being in you is what empowers you not to love the world so how does that love of the Father get into you? He said, to know the love of Christ, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Which fullness of God are we getting? The fullness of the love of God. Experiential knowledge that has rubbed off on, on us and is now indwelling in us. When the love of the Father is in us, then the power to live above the world descends. Now, have you discovered that what you are conscious of, you always fall from? <laughs> Three things will ever come to a man. What he prepares for, what he runs away from, and what he is afraid of. What he is afraid of, what he prepares for, and what he runs away from. These three things will ever, forever come to a man. When a man becomes conscious of the love of God, the love of the world disappears. When a man becomes conscious of the love of the world, he can never lay hold or grasp the love of God. Now, what does it mean to be conscious of the love of the world? Now, I didn't say he has... I didn't say he has the love of the world in him. That's not what I said. What I said was, he's conscious of the love of the world. Now, a man wakes up in the morning and says, Oh God, help me today not to commit sin. As good as this prayer sounds, it actually comes from a consciousness of sin. This person is conscious of the fact that, Wow, there's a possibility for me to sin today. So God, help me not to sin. And so when that person is walking, he's conscious. Oh, I don't want to sin. Oh, I don't want to tell lies. Oh, I don't want to eat this person. Oh, I don't want to do this. Now, this person is actually spending his time thinking about not sinning. In other words, he's actually thinking about sin. <laughs> his mind is preoccupied with sin. And he's preparing not to sin. This is one of the things he's preparing for. And it will get to him. You see? Whereas there's another person that rises up in the morning and stands up praising God for the finished work. 
you know he rises up and he's so grateful because he has the understanding of god's love for him he knows that this love is supplying all his need physically spiritually everything he needs to live a godly life the bible says that god has given unto us all that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him do you see that again through the knowledge of him let me quickly open where, where it is you know turn with me to second peter chapter 1 verse 3 it says according as his divine power at giving at giving not will give he has already given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness he says through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory